Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're legitimately unable to pour yourself a cup of water. Should Ange Postacoglu get sacked? Is <laughs> a question we will not be asking on this week's overreaction of 20 Minute Tim's. I'm your host, Jamie. Welcome to Stephen and Melly. Melly, how many points in the league uh, are Celtic ahead of Rangers? Uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> how many points ahead in the league Celtic are Rangers. Stephen, the debate has turned really... What, what a start. What a start. <laughs> two, ju- two gags in the opening couple of yep. seconds. Get the audience gripped. Um, attention has really turned away from the results on Celtic Online Community now, Stephen, and the Celtic fans. They're not so much debating the results as they are fighting amongst each other about whether or not results matter or not <laughs> yeah. anymore. And I think I personally have landed in a position where I'm aware that the results week to week don't matter. I know that the league's won and I know the fact the league has won plays into some of these results. However, I still would like to see my Celtic team Win a game of football. Do a win, please, yes, Celtic, aye. eventually. Yeah, because that's two in a row. That's two podcasts in a row of recorded way. Mm. Not a lot good to talk People about. People don't yeah. like it when we don't have wins to no, talk they about. No, they let us know. No, <laughs> they let us know. Hey, I, I think everyone has become a little bit consumed with this, whether it does or doesn't matter mm. thing. It's become a, a bit of an obsession with everyone now, including us, because we've been talking about it for weeks as well, because we have a weekly podcast to talk about and w- during which we digest the most recent games that have been played. And just saying, aye, but we've won the league, it doesn't really make for much of a discussion point. So it has become a, a bit of a talking point out there. As with everything, context is key. Mm. I am not as annoyed at drawing at home with, couldn't, couldn't even remember the team there, St Mirren. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, clearly, I'm not as annoyed at that as I am getting gubbed in a derby, but that's because those are two completely different things. I'm, I'm not happy with what happened last week. I, I, I get that people are keen to tell us to stop caring about things yeah. and all that, right? But I, I, I do care about stuff like that. I'm not going to get myself too bothered about a draw at home because, again, those are two different things. I don't think they come into the same category. If you just... Blanket don't care about any of the results just now. That's absolutely fine. But I I think those are, are two different things. As with everything though, whether things 100% matter or 100% don't, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle because mm. you look into games and there are details that you can focus on that maybe do matter towards things going forward. What does that performance say maybe about next season? The answer might be nothing, but I think in this case and with Celtic's slightly... 
labelled form going into the kind of end of the season, I think there are some things to be taken from it. That doesn't mean to say that we are saying, oh, this is a disaster. We simply must react to this in some way or other. It's just that certain things are starting to become a little bit creaky in the, yeah. in the Celtic team. I mean, Celtic down tools, well, they don't down tools, but performances ease up a little every time a team wins the league. Yeah. The, uh, but the thing is, we've got a game in a couple of weeks. Admittedly, it's against low league opposition. And I think maybe that's playing into it. I think if... You know, we had that more difficult team, an Aberdeen, a Hearts, a Hibs, a Rangers, most of those teams are majority of them we put out of the cup anyway. But yeah. if we had them in the final, I don't think Celtic would see things the way they do and they wouldn't maybe take the foot off the gas quite as much, Melly. No, I think so, but the Andrew said we never stop and Celtic seem to be stopping just now. And that's not something we want to make a habit. We got into the habit of winning and it seemed to be that momentum kept Celtic going. We saw last season that towards the start of the season look Celtic were getting the performances but they weren't quite getting the results now we are not getting either are we we're not getting the results and you can't look at it and go aye on paper we really should have won that game we created enough chances end of the day St Mirren were well worth the point and probably could have and should have won the game based on the number of chances they had so Stephen's right though it's, it's different isn't it getting beat 3-0 by Rangers at Ibrox and then drawn 2-2 at home a pre pretty well performance at Mirren's yeah. yeah, both obviously both performances weren't up to the standard that we were used to seeing at Celtic but th those two things are different yeah they're different and in uh, isolation you can take both game but this feeds into the Motherwell game a few weeks ago as well where Celtic weren't great so that's three games recently where Celtic haven't been at their best and Angie's always looking for the performance rather than the result. The performances haven't matched up either. A lot of players have went off the boil. We have had a lot of players out injured. It's been stop-start for Celtic. And look, these are the difficult games. We're playing all the teams in the top half of the table. So these are the biggest tests. Adding that into the fact that you've already won the league, you can see why performances drop off a bit. But we don't want the performances to drop off. We don't want the standards to slip. We want to keep going. And this is a dress rehearsal for a lot of things for next season. Because once the, the league's done and dusted, the job's done. But there's still a few players out there playing for their futures. Or maybe we're looking at certain positions and saying, can that be improved upon? Not a lot of people are stepping up to the mark right now. Habits are important, Stephen. I was looking for the source of this quote and I couldn't find it. And maybe you two can remember. I can't for the life of me remember if it was Callum McGregor or another footballer that said after a defeat recently that we need to snap out of it. We need to get back into winning ways because you don't want these habits to form. And I don't think there's any doubt that before the cup final, yes, it's against Inverness. Yes, there is low league opposition. But habits aren't easy to turn on and turn off again and jump in and out. We want to get Sister Act 2 back in the habit <laughs> before the cup final, don't we? <laughs> we definitely do. And there's our 90s movie reference for this week over and done We've with been waiting here. seven years to sneak that <laughs> that gag into the podcast. Yeah, I, I, as I said last week as well, if you believe in form and momentum at all, you can't really have it both ways. You can't say, well, you'd switch off for four or five games in a row and then just decide to turn it on. Again, I say this fully in the knowledge that Celtic are massive overwhelming favourites mm. for a game against lower league opposition I've seen it suggested as well that maybe Celtic are lucky that it's lower league opposition because with the, the form starting to falter and I'm glad Melly you brought up that Motherwell game because that again a lot of these things can be true at the same time Celtic can have switched off but it could be or it could not be a coincidence that we also drew the last home game before the league was mm. wrapped up as well so that, that kind of feeds into things but I don't think it's lucky that Celtic are facing lower league opposition. A few people are saying, like, ah, but what if you, what if we were playing Rangers or Hearts? Well, the reason they're not well, in the I, final... I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the reason they're not playing those crucially is because Celtic put yeah. them out, as as you mentioned. So uh, I'm 
kind of glad that Cali Thistle are the opposition. Again, mm. not with not wishing to be disrespectful, but I would start to be slightly concerned about it, about Celtic's form going into the game had we been playing in Aberdeen or whatever, because as has been proven recently, we are capable of just shipping the odds draw here and there. It's maybe mm. we're picking up too many injuries. Again, I reiterate that a lot of things can be true about Celtic's form at any given time. It's not just a point blank. It's not just like a black and white. We've down tools. We've chucked it. These things really matter. These things don't. Carrying a lot of really important injuries just now as well. Mm. Cameron Carter Vickers has his absence has exposed the defence in the last few games. In my opinion, Alistair Johnson is another big one. So, I I'm trying not to read too much into just a fairly standard draw. If that was earlier in the season, you wouldn't really think about it too much. Mm. Seasons are made up of just slightly flat performances at home. It's just because it comes straight off the back of a bit of a doing in a, a derby and a previous home draw that wasn't really that great either. And we sort of built it up, didn't we? The, the first home game after we'd won the league, you kind of attach occasions onto games that sometimes yeah. necessarily don't deserve them. There is, a, I mean, there is an element of luck, a huge element of luck that we're playing Inverness in the final and that it's that Inverness are only there because... Queen's Parkfield did an eligible player <laughs> yeah, yeah. put them out so Inverness are quite lucky to be there I suppose the question is if you want to do the podcast on this we could look at it Melly and we will what, why are these sort of flat performances occurring and I think to give Celtic and Ange the benefit of the doubt it would only be fair to say something that Stephen touched upon that maybe there's an element of key players out and you look at the defence and the way the defence has performed in the last couple of games especially I thought they had a terrible time against Curtis Main you look at the defence First we had Kobayashi, then we had a Wata in there and you think, is it just a case that our defence simply can't cope or perform at a level needed when Cameron Carter-Vickers isn't there? Yeah, I think it is, but the guy's a class player, so yeah. there's not much you can do about that. You're going to be very lucky if you have two centre-backs that are Cameron Carter-Vickers mm. level. You're going to be very lucky if Cameron Carter-Vickers is out and you have another centre-back who can come in and be as good as him. It's just simply not going to happen at Celtic and probably at any level. No team's really got three top-class centre-halves that are going to be all-class. So it'll happen when there's a drop-off in quality, but it's becoming quite stark for Celtic and it's shining a light on other players rather than just Cameron Carter-Vickers. Ralston's not looked great. Mm. Kobayashi's looked terrible. Iwata looks like he's not a centre-half. there's a conversation half. there, isn't there, about, about the defence? I mean, Stephen, you'd said it on one of the Patreon properties we do, the Match Reaction podcast. I think you've said it twice now. It's patreon.com slash 20 by the way, if you want to support this podcast. Um, you, you've said, look, is this bad news for Kobayashi? Is, do you think it is? Do you think Andrew's seen enough personally? I don't. I think Kobayashi's got age on his side, still a relatively young player, not as young as other players in the squad, and by no means a young player, but he's a youngish player. He's come over from Japan. There's a lot of adjustment needed there. Mm -hmm. But to see him dropped in a Wata, who's not a centre-half, put in there for the game against St Mirren, I thought, mm, does that, that's bad news, isn't it? Well, not in possession of the full facts of it. It mm. could be that Kobayashi has picked up a knock in training. It just wasn't quite quite 100% mm. fit to be pitched into what was going to be, always be a challenge against Curtis May and he's given, he's given Celtic a torrid time before he's not a great goal scorer but he is a nuisance to play against you'd struggle to find someone bigger or stronger in the league than Curtis May he's a big old boy he's a, he's a big old beefcake Bulk Hogan <laughs> but uh, so it, it, that might be the case but I, I don't have any evidence to suggest that I'm basically just sort of playing devil's advocate and hoping that, that those are the mitigating circumstances mm -hmm. that has led to Kobayashi coming out of the team if it's not that 
it's not the it, it's not that his Celtic career is over, but it's not good, is it? It's no. not a good start. And that we a couple of weeks ago we were talking about right, Kobe Asher, we're going to learn loads about him now because he's got a clear run at this. We can, he can't take him back out of the team. This is going to be where he you know, swims or sinks towards the, his Celtic career. And he comes back out after what, two games. Yeah. Hearts wasn't a great Rangers, possibly even worse. And then he's he's left out for a midfielder at home. And for me, it's the it's the glaring deficiency off the back of those games. We sat here and said they struggle with the physicality. Yeah, that was always going to be a physical battle. So it's obviously Anne just went. It's too much for him. It, I got up against Curtis Main is just too much for him we need to take our chances elsewhere that's looking at Kobe Asher though what does it do for Iwata because he, he's in the exact same scenario with mm. even less defensive experience than, mm. well maybe not overall but he's, he hasn't played in defence for Celtic and it is one of those things where I know it's a very small sample size but I think some things you can see in a game and you can make your mind up permanently about something I'm happy to file Iwata at centre half in with Kyogo on the left wing against Rangers as I never want to see that, <laughs> that again to be honest so you can look at it from the angle that yes we might have been protecting Kobayashi but if that is the case then we've kind of thrown Iwata to the wolves a wee bit as well there because you need to find out because you, yeah. you need to test the water <laughs> you do <laughs> need to test the water that's that ter terrific stuff I mean Iwata struggled at centre half Melly. Yeah, he sure did and look we've seen uh, Kobayashi go up against Curtis Main early in the season and he done a good job that's probably the hardest probably the hardest striker you're going to go up against in the league and he, he done well in his debut against him but Iwata really struggled and look, the goal Celtic lost where it came from a throw-in and a long punt up the pitch. These are things that like, you can play all the total football you want, but at the same time, you have to be in this league and you have to be strong and physical because that's what you're going to go up against. Yes, Celtic can play all the brilliant football they want, but the opposition are going to put big, strong players up against them and we've seen Celtic struggle. I don't want it to get to the point where we just need big physical player like Lyndon Dykes bullied Julian and all that and that was seen as a sort of narrative to beat Julian with, but Celtic need, I think they do need to be stronger back there. Iwata at centre-half, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, Starfelt as well for the second goal didn't look great, so Celtic need to be stronger. We spoke about it last week, the amount of goals we're losing at set pieces against Rangers. If that starts to creep into other teams in the league, Celtic are going to struggle a wee bit more. We've been that really dominant. criminal though, wasn't it, between between Ralston and Awata for the mix-up for the first goal? Yeah, it's poor from Ralston. He doesn't make a connection with it, but when he's got Awata coming across his eye line for no reason, and then with Awata doing that, that means he's out of position for when Curtis Main gets the ball. He could have easily cut it out after that. So really poor from the two of them, where it's communication, where it's Awata not knowing where he's, where he's meant to be, whether it's uh, Ralston's poor technique, it's all poor. And then to see Joe Hart going mm. down like uh, Alan McGregor tribute act, it's really, <laughs> really poor. And it's like, again, Joe Hart's been brilliant. I mentioned it last week and you sort of didn't have a go at me, but mm. thought we're a bit shocked when I said about Joe Hart being replaced. But when you take Cam and Carter Vickers away, Celtic are getting more shots at them. They're getting bullied a bit more at the back. And Joe Hart's not looking great. He was sort of stuck to his line for a lot of things. He had one of Pam straight into the path of Strain, I think it was, who put it wide. Uh, it didn't look great for that first goal. So starting to see the creaks in there where a lot of players in this team and where, where Celtic can maybe look to in the summer. But that's what these games are for. That's yeah, what yeah. we can use these games to go and say, look, this is, we've won the league, we've done the job because... Look, Celtic have been relentless all season, but we're getting to the point we've nearly dropped as many points in the last few weeks as we had done the whole of the previous season. So 
but you can see why it tapers off a bit because Celtic have put in this hard work, relentless, playing games all the time and getting the victories. Momentum was brilliant, but when that stops, then you can see it tapering off a wee bit and you ask questions to certain players. So Joe Hart was one of them, maybe the defence is that into the midfield and wingers. There's all sorts of position you're looking at Celtic and saying, where can we improve? Defence has got to be number one now. Yeah, and I'll stick with that back line, Stephen. I think it is fair. You have to, as I said, begin in this podcast. You need to give Celtic the, the benefit of the doubt. Massive changes across the squad. But one thing that sort of spooked me a little bit is how massively the performances have dropped off. There's been times this season where we've looked at this team and we've went strong bench, really strong squad, competition for places across everywhere. Anthony Ralston's come in and you're thinking, can I mean, can we cope with Anthony Ralston not being there? Greg Taylor's been out in recent weeks. Can he really cope with not having Greg Taylor at, at left back? Yeah. The centre half options when Cameron Carter Vickers comes out of there. But can he cope with having any of those guys <laughs> at centre half? And yeah. then as, as Melly said, and as I think is patently obvious, and I think it's universally accepted across most Celtic fans now, no no harm to Joe Hart. He's been brilliant for us since he came in. Oh, yeah. But he's been exposed recently and that first goal was, I mean, geez, well, it was really bad. It was really bad watching how slowly the guy went down. Seagrist, uh, rumours are that he's told he can get a new move and Bain signed a new contract so I, I know we've seen the rebuild under Ange but could this be like a, could we be looking at like a reshuffle in the summer because it's just stick with the back line just now because we need to go through the whole team there's lots to discuss but right back goalkeeper back up left back back up centre half I mean there's a couple of positions there that look as if they need attention yeah they do um, there are restrictions when it comes to operating as a club in the markets that Celtic mm. do there are restrictions to what we can really achieve when it comes to fully furnishing a squad to be ready for all outcomes. Mm. We are very limited, big money in terms of Scotland, but it's pretty small beer compared to like most European like giants who, who are going to hope to compete with in the Champions League next year. So they don't have the money to compete with that kind of thing. So while I would love to say, yes, we need rid of all these guys and better in, mm. there are certain limitations yeah. to, and, and you to the budget. And I just, I can hear people Read the comments already. Oh, a couple. I draw against St Mirren, and you're shipping out half the team. Uh, yeah, well, I'll I'll be clear. I I think with certain players, we have got to the point now where I don't I don't hold anything against them. I'm not like rubbishing them or anything like that. And Ralston and Hart and guys who will probably come on to as well all fit into the same category in that. It might just be that these guys' races are run. Mm. These guys have done their job for Celtic. Thanks very much, but we kind of need to do better. It's not. This isn't. If I say that we could probably improve on Ralston or Starfield or any of these guys, Joe Hart, it's not an outright condemnation of them as players. It's just a sort of right. Is this chapter maybe mm. closed? Can we look to refresh things a little bit in the summer? And those guys are maybe who I'd look at. So I, I think there is a tendency to defend people who have done really good jobs for us in the past. And every name I just mentioned there has done. It's just about kind of looking into the future now. And for me, the 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 league is one argument doesn't really wash with guys like Ralston with Bernabe with Kobayashi with um, Iwata it doesn't really wash with them because this is their chance Yes, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is their chance now their league isn't over and in fact in many ways the league's just started it's their opportunity to, to to fight for a place which is exactly what I mean by it. it's always somewhere in the middle there are, always, mm. there are always things to be played for even if the points don't matter there's always something going on in there whether it's people playing for their opportunities to play playing for a starting place playing for a cup final place all of these things are in play, even if you broadly just sweep these uh, these results across as 
don't matter. There's always something important going on. And uh, this fictional summer reshuffle, do you think Joe Hart is one? I mean, this is not new. This is something we mentioned on the podcast many times. We all love Joe Hart here. We yeah, were yeah, big huge. proponents of Joe Hart. Huge fan. We think the guy's absolutely brilliant and has been brilliant. But as Melly said, as he's been exposed to more shots, as he's had more goalkeeping to do, especially in the last couple of weeks, you think, has he just been blessed by having an absolutely solid defence in front of him now again? People are sensitive to this sort of thing, so I will caveat it because every goalkeeper is going to, if he's got more shots coming in at him, he's going to concede more goals. Every keeper in the world is going to suffer from having his best defenders taken away from the front of him. But I was very shocked at some of Joe Hart's goalkeeping, particularly that first goal. He was very slow in getting down. And I thought we were re-watching the game and I thought, did he see it late? Nah, it's yeah. it's it's clear what Curtis Main's going to do. As soon as the ball moves on to Curtis Main's right-hand side, it's obvious there's a shot coming. Joe Hart's got clear line of sight and he's he's down like a wardrobe. Uh, it was, it was like a pile of bricks had been pushed over, yeah. basically that Joe Hart looked like. It was it was quite painful to watch. I, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and but it's like, I think, Melly, you said if, if that was Alan McGregor, we'd be sitting here pissing ourselves yeah. at that, right? So we, we need to be kind of balanced about it. Joe Hart's 36 now, yeah. so... I know that the perceived wisdom for a long time was that, yeah, keepers have a slightly different lifespan to players. I think to an extent that's probably still true. But I've started to wonder if maybe the evolution of football and goalkeeping means that's probably less true the the more time goes on. I had a cursory glance. Now, this isn't a, a, a great sample size at all, right? It's just me just Googling a couple of things, having a look across various football apps and all that. I was looking at who is competing for leagues this season who has a goalkeeper at like 36, 37 because that's what we always believed is that these guys can play much, much later but the, the position is evolving, right? There's a lot more playing with your feet, all that sort of stuff, right? You need to be a lot more agile. The game's speeding up all the time. Almost no major teams in the major leagues anyway I'm not going to look at the Latvian league and all that I'm sure the scouting can be done on that but again (laughs) but again I'm just looking across just for the purposes of this debate I I don't really see any league winning or challenging team with a goalkeeper over about 31 I think Bayern Munich have got Jan Sommer who's about 34 but other than that it's probably you're looking at guys in their mid to late 20s so I feel like that that is a thing that might just be changed anecdotally again I've just looked at this um, just on the off chance but I wonder if the days of signing goalkeepers at 34 and having them for two or three years and them still being first choice are maybe over. So, so you need many ingredients for the goalkeeping stew, Melly, and it's not just physical ability, ability. One thing that Joe Hart's brought to this team is professionalism, leadership. He's obviously a big voice in the change room. That is something that comes with age and it's yeah. something that's very welcome. It's not something that you can necessarily stick on a spreadsheet and measure. Hugely and, important in tangibles. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, and people will say, well, there's no proof that exists. Well, you, you take it out of the team and then you see. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, that, yeah. that's, the only way to, yeah. that's the only way to prove it exists. So Joe Hart's been brilliant for us in many, many ways. But I think in this sort of potential summer reshuffle the augmentation of the squad whatever you want to call it it's certainly not major surgery I think goalkeeper is probably one of the top three or four positions I think we should be looking at oh definitely I've said it for a long time like keep saying it but very rarely do you get right off into the sunset in football Scott Brown Neil Lennon we all seen that but I think it's time for Joe Hart uh, to you think he should be gone uh, if he wants to stay I would love that if he wants to stay in, in as backup or in a coaching capacity but at his age I think he'd want to play football so it might be best for both just to have a clean break but I think Celtic do need to bring in a keeper with the view of them being first choice next year nobody to compete with Joe Hart it has to be somebody that comes in goalkeeping has changed massively in Joe Hart's goalkeeping career it's changed massively and I think it's time to bring in somebody 
better on the ball, but also somebody a bit younger. I think Stephen's right. I think this thing about goalkeepers, it's all right for them being in their late 30s. It's kind of a bit old school along with how players peak at 28 and all that. I think that's getting younger as well. So footballers are getting better, younger, and they're pure athletes now. And I think Celtic need to become a bit different now. They need a goalkeeper that can play. But I think also... Should we spend money on a goalkeeper though if we've got a really good defence? So Cameron Carter-Vickers comes back in, Johnson comes back in, Taylor comes back in, the defence gets showed up and all of a sudden Joe Hart's a less of a problem, no? Possibly, but at the end of the day, if we want to be a Champions League team that uh, competes in that, we're going to get shots against mm. us that are going to need saved and we've seen Joe Hart did let in a lot of goals. None of them glaring, but none of them you could say, ah, there's nothing to do with him there. The pass at Leipzig where he give, gifts it to them. Yes, that can happen, but if somebody was better on the ball. And also, if Celtic are going to compete in Europe, we need to be keeping a hold of the ball better. So I think we're just going to need to go out there and get someone. doesn't need to be massive money because a lot of the players in our team, Hitati, Kyogo, like, it's not massive amounts of money we're spending on them. Plus, spending a lot of money doesn't guarantee uh, success. But I think the goalkeeper thing's changing, but I think also, and I don't want to get down this path of, we need to dig in there, but Celtic do need physicality. Um, if you're looking across, like again, across Europe, most teams are playing sort of fullbacks that sit in now rather than go forward or fullbacks that move inside with Celtic. But fullbacks are kind of centre halves come fullbacks now. They're better at defending than they are going forward because Pep Guardiola was talking about it at the weekend uh, about Nathan Ake, who's played a lot in a back three or at left back for Man City this season. He said, Look, my defenders have realised have to be better at one-on-ones. They have to be better, physical, more physical now because they're going to be up against players. I think he mentioned Saka and Vinicius Junior. That's exactly who Celtic are going to be going up against in Europe next season. So we need to have defenders that are going to be good. Like Alistair Johnson's perfect. He's a decent uh, height. He's physical and he's good at tackling. Over the other side, last season we were thinking we could maybe do a bit better than Greg Taylor. All of a sudden we're... Not settling for Greg Taylor, but we're happy with Greg Taylor because Burnaby's not been the best. So I think Celtic need to get more physical domestically and in Europe, which means getting bigger players. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair or it doesn't even have to be that, Stevie. You know that patchy way, sort of pasty, yep, yep. bit of hair on the shoulders. You don't want that either. <laughs> if you grew some winter man tits, right, Melly, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code Tim's T-I-M-S Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0 The kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 4.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants this is the best trimmer on the market You also get two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag $39 value add and the patented High Performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers Mm. Get 20% off all of this and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles, the besticles. I've got my I've got my own issues with this compete in the Champions League thing that'll come to Stephen, but you were signalling. Oh, yeah. Just a just a final thing, yeah. Just that we'll give you a little hand yeah. signal off, just off camera. Let, giving people <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> a final thing on the goalkeeping thing because I think we all broadly agree that Joe Hart will. I mean, it's just a fact. It's not even a matter of opinion. He's a thirty-six-year-old keeper with one year left in his contract. It is coming to an end yeah. at some point, whether it's this summer or next. Wrexham's com- calling Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> go a, make yourself a superstar. Exactly. That's, that's a great show, actually. <laughs> I I am cautious about it because the point we've made over and over again about replacing these players is that it's risky, right? Joe Hart is creaking a little bit, right? Mm. Putting it putting it sort of charitably, he's starting to creak a little bit, but he's relatively a safe pair of hands uh, when it comes to goalkeeping, right? <laughs> That's kind of what you want. It, it is risky to go out and say, right, we'll just go out and get this guy who's. 25 years old, an international, can play with his feet, can ping a pass out to mm-hmm. the wing. It's easy to say we can go and do that. And people will say, right, I be, if you're good at scouting, you will be. Everybody else is scouting these guys. It comes into what I was talking about earlier as well, but the restrictions that Celtic face when it comes to budgeting for transfers and trying to build a squad for the Champions League. How much are you willing to pay for this goalkeeper that can do all these things? Because you will pay for that. And it came up, it comes at a premium. We've tried it before. We tried it with Doris De Vries back mm. in the day. He was meant to be this wonder, wonder footballer with it with his feet. And we tried it with Barkas. That sure as shit didn't work <laughs> yeah, either, right? Neither of those worked. No. So be 
open, be prepared for the fact that we might kiss a lot of frogs when it comes to trying to replace uh, uh, the goal. Do you think we're in the sort of, remember that there was a sort of Luka Modric, Zabi Alonso conundrum for <laughs> yeah. Celtic for years and years where people used to say, I, we need a midfielder by a bit that can win the ball back, who can play box to box, who can ping a pass, a who can chip in with 15 goals <laughs> a season. You think, mate, you're, you're describing Zabi Alonso <laughs> here. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> and we're saying the same thing about goalkeepers. Just on this sort of, you see it all the time and we, you get comments and you see on Twitter, if we want to compete in the Champions League, that phrase, and that to me is becoming a bit of a a toxic standard for Celtic because that literally can mean for a lot of people, no saying you meant this, Melly, but I think for a lot of people go, well, if you want to compete in the Champions League, you need a player of X standard. And what people often mean when they say that is, if we want to beat Barcelona again, if you want to beat Real Madrid again, what they don't tend to mean is, if you want to get a result against Braga, if you want to get a home win against Benfica or one win in the group, you need a player of an, a certain standard because Celtic players who are called not Champions League class have done okay, performed pretty well in Champions League games. It's not made the team win, but I think a lot of people, what they do is they just wait for, oh, not we need these teams, we need a Celtic team that can compete in the Champions yeah. League. We go out and get pumped with Real Madrid and go see if we want to win games like this. Well, hold on a minute. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I think we all need to take a wee step back and realise that the days of beating Real Madrid and all that are... Basically, look, if we do, we'd fluke it, basically. Yeah, it's like one the Barcelona in game, which is already yeah. over 10 years ago now. Yeah. So I, I, when I say compete, I mean, I think we Celtic did... Charlie McGrew standard players, is that who we need? I don't uh, want to lower the standards. <laughs> 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 who else is, who else? I mean, the irony of that Barcelona game was, who was in that team? Aye, Effie Ambrose. Ambrose, Aye. Miku. Miku. Oh, Adam Matthews. <laughs> I, I just, uh, Unbelievable. I'm Kelvin Wilson. Kelvin Wilson. <laughs> All these guys, Champions League class. Stunning. I <laughs> That was a fluke, but when we say when I say compete in the Champions League, I mean like the Real Madrid game this season at home. I thought Celtic did compete and mm. came out of that with a head heads held high, but just fell short in a lot of other games. And look, we had Cal McGregor missing, we had Cameron Carter Vickers uh, missing for a lot of it. But that's when Celtic are at a point now. There's a lot of parallels with Martin O'Neill's team here. I think and Celtic have got to this point done brilliantly, but we've not really brought him the in that's went into the first team for a while now. Oh, yeah. So I think it's time for a little bit of a refresh now. And yes, we might go out and get somebody and they're not as good as Joe Hart, but we run the risk of playing Joe Hart next season. And we've seen with yeah. Alan McGregor what happens when you go that season too far with players. And Joe Hart's brought leadership and that's class. And if you take that out but as well, all the other players are two years on from this. So they've all won titles. They all know what it means. Joe Hart was brought in because Celtic needed that now. I'm not so sure if they need that. We've got Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor, uh, Alistair Johnson's come in. Everybody's been there and done it now with Celtic. What we need now is players to come in and really make a difference in the first team. We've uh, we've spoken a lot about leadership qualities of Joe Hart in the podcast. And that's definitely one of the things he's brought. Um, Callum McGregor's clearly a leader in the squad, Stephen. Uh, Lewis wrote something in one of his articles Lewis is uh, the guy who writes for our Patreon really good stuff and he wrote a great phrase he says it, it might be true to say that when Cal McGregor doesn't play Celtic don't play and I thought Cal McGregor wasn't his sparkling best against St Mirren I don't think he was so good against Rangers no, either definitely not um, and he was absolutely fuming in, in the, in the post-match interview that's the angriest I've seen him since he more or less threw Neil Lennon under the bus <laughs> after Ferenc right. Varos same way as disjointed yeah. as Enton it's, I don't know what's going on out there I mean he was really really angry he was basically one step away from saying we need to buck up our fucking ideas. Ruddy well ideas. Ruddy well John. ideas. And one thing that, uh, an observation that I'd sort of said during the Neil Lennon tenure when things were all going wrong was one thing you saw that really hampered Callum McGregor's performance was when he sees players on the pitch not doing it, when he sees teammates struggling, 
He's running about trying to put out fires and that you cannot be everywhere at all times helping out everyone. You can't be panicking about what's behind you, packing about what's in front of you, trying to be either side of the pitch. You just can't do it all. And I think sometimes that affects Cam McGregor. But it is true to say he's been off the boil a wee bit. Oh, he has. Uh, he has. Just in the last couple of games, it's mm. quite uncharacteristic from him, which mm. is why it's quite quite glaring. We almost kind of forgot to talk about him against Rangers because there were other sort of more pressing concerns with newer players that come in. But Cal McGregor hasn't been great recently. However, having said that, I mean, to Celtic's credit, they did go on, sort of stuck stuck to the task and got something out of the yeah, game. But Cal McGregor, yeah, Cal McGregor's issue was that they gave themselves a mountain to climb after mm-hmm. three minutes and then they basically couldn't win the game because of how they played. But he has popped up in the last two home games. He has popped up with the goals that meant we haven't basically lost two games in a row. Now, I know that's not how it works. If you take those goals out of it, they mm-hmm. were defeats. Might have found a goal some other way. But it just so happens in the last two home games, it's Cal McGregor who has found the way. He hasn't been particularly great. And I think... One thing Cal McGregor has never done is sugarcoat things. He's not really no. one of these standard footballers who just goes out and sort of trots out these lines about Should how, be you know, apologising as a oh, captain. Yeah, that's, that's what you do. Exactly <laughs> one. Yeah, never, oh, never, no. never apologise. <laughs> but in, in fairness, I think the, the phrase he used after the game was quite literally that he found that was really annoying. That I'm mm. really annoyed by that. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I'm really annoyed it, by it, that. It, it doesn't, it wasn't like, you know, oh, we're just disappointed, you know. Mm, pick ourselves it. up, rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all that stuff. He's really annoyed by it. It's, and it's because he, more than probably anyone else, knows the standards that yeah. Celtic set. And if they don't live up to those, which I don't think they have, I don't think there's much debate about how they haven't lived up to the standards that they set themselves, which is another kind of argument against the it doesn't matter thing. It matters to the players. Of course it does. Like they're going out there and they're visibly trying to win that game. It's just that they failed to do so. And when Callum McGregor, I don't want to come up across or trite about it, you know, about how you know fans are taking the time out of their day and you know, paying a lot of money to come to see so they want a performance. Fans aren't entitled to wins, but I think they're entitled to an opinion over yeah. it when they... It's not the case for maybe people who live in the general Glasgow area like me uh, and, and yourself, like everyone in this room, but people get up at daft o'clock in the morning to travel to these mm-hmm. games and then they, they come away with a flat performance. Callum McGregor's aware of all that, that, which is why he feels that Celtic didn't live up to the standard that was demanded of them on the day. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And again, what I said last week was... I don't feel as a fan that I'm in a position to disagree with him and tell him, nah, it's fine, Callum. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's obvious to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you're living in cloud cuckoo land if you think these performances are, are good or bad. And as we said at the beginning, you can you can decide on your own yeah, if yeah. you don't want to care about these performances, you don't think they matter. But Ange cares, Callum McGregor cares, we care, and that's, that's why we're talking about it. And I think, um, I, I do think there is an element of what Lewis said being true that when Callum McGregor doesn't, who really makes us tick, when he doesn't play, Celtic don't play. And there is a bit for me, when we what we speak about at the back line, when our major players aren't there or aren't performing, same can be said for the midfield. Yeah, Callum McGregor's outstanding and it's by his own standards he's not performing. This will be the first thing we've criticised him all season. Probably, this will be the yeah, first time we've yeah. probably criticised him in two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been exceptional. He's up again for player of the year, so it's by his own standards, yet he pulls us out a hole in the end, doesn't he? And we've seen it in the eclipse of the DVD. It's uh, always set the standards. We always set the standards. So why, why should it drop? And Celtic brought in, what, four players in January? Those guys are sort of coming in and out right now. These are the guys that we've said, look, it's time to earn your place. I think Cal McGregor's going to accept if they think it's all right for Celtic to go out and drop points at home uh, in games in consecutive say game in consecutive games. Sorry, so I think right now these games, okay, maybe you say they don't matter, but if this starts feeding into next season, it is going to matter because 
Like it or not, Rangers have improved since Michael Beale came in. You can see that by his own league table that he's made up. They're now top of that. So next season's going to be different. We're going to be starting from scratch. And this Rangers team have going to have Michael Beale in there with a full summer working with maybe the players he gets. Whether that works out for him or not. But I think the next season is going to be the tightest race we'll see in a long time, possibly worse than last season. I'm, so. going to, I'm going to I'm going to just interject. I'm going to disagree with you a wee bit. I don't think oh. there's much. Um, I don't think there's much you can take for the last couple of weeks and extrapolate that in the next season. I don't think this season what we are seeing now after the league has already won can necessarily factor into what next season's going to be because Celtic will be different, Rangers will be different. But I don't think what you're doing there's there's no harm and assuming that Rangers are going to be much stronger next year. There's no harm in that. That's, yeah. you're, that's no, you're not going to let yourself down by going, right, we, we can't carry the standard. And I suppose it does come back to the thing, you're not really switching it on and off, but these new players that are coming in, you're right, they have to understand what playing for Celtic is. Kobayashi yeah. needs to understand what you've done the last couple of weeks isn't good enough. Iwata needs to know what you've done the last couple of weeks isn't good enough. Even players like, oh, he's coming in and out getting game time, but that's that's not what we need at Celtic. That's not what we're going to need for next season. We need guys that when Cameron Carter-Vickers goes out for an operation, we know the guy coming in at centre-half is going to be good enough. Yeah. We know if Kyogo gets injured, we know O's going to fill in. We need guys in midfield that can come in. I mean, you're looking at David Turnbull. Rumours today or earlier on in the week that David Turnbull's been told he can he can find a new club. Not surprised in the no, slightest because no. he, he's not trusted. No, and what I meant by that is, uh, well, David Turnbull, uh, Alex Banovic came on ahead of him in centre midfield. Yeah. So look, there could be big changes for Celtic in the summer. But what I mean by look, Rangers are doing well just now is, well, that really hurts me to say that. But <sighs> Celtic have got injuries with Carter Vickers, Johnston, uh, and they're not performing as well. But Rangers have got what Goldson, Morelos and Kent and they're going out there and winning games convincingly right now so if they go out and replace them in the summer then they should be doing better than they are right now and they were poor early in the season. Celtic need a, a refresh I feel. I think the defence needs a refresh. I would aim to get a new goalkeeper in. I'd aim to get a centre half who's hopefully better than Starfelt in and in midfield as well like you mentioned there I think Turnbull will go Guys like McCarthy, who's not contributed, will go. Yeah, then looking at Aaron Moy, not in the squad again. Are we going to be able to rely on him next season? I know he's maybe not in the first three that gets picked, but after that, he is definitely in there. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Moy left at the end of the season. So mm. Celtic could be looking at one or two players in there and out wide as well. So even though Celtic have been relentless they'll go on and hopefully win a treble there's still four or five players that could come into the squad and to me that's only a good thing it's time to just keep this churn going it's not looking for good for Dave is it he's been told to find a new location <laughs> yeah um, I I'm not surprised by this at all no. not surprised with the Turnbull thing there's, the fact is he's just not playing anymore and that, that's another one of those guys comes into exactly the same category as I mentioned earlier it's not. It's not an outright condemnation as a as a player. It is just that Celtic have moved on. David I Turnbull. I think he's very unlucky, David Turnbull. In a sense, I think he's unlucky in the sense that any of the past five, six, any of the past Celtic managers, maybe going back to Martin O'Neill, would take David Turnbull in a Celtic team. Yeah. No bother. Oh, including Ange because they played him a lot. Yeah, last including season, Ange. Yeah. But what Ange is trying to do with the team now. David Turnbull just doesn't fit it's not that David Turnbull's a bad player it's you're going to go with our best wishes but the way you play football I think he's a bit too slow I think he's too slow in the turn I think Ange needs midfielders like Hatati who can take the ball in one turn and play passes David Turnbull's not capable of doing that now before he goes if he can maybe teach Matt O'Reilly how to score some goals because he's, <laughs> he's good at he's good at that he, yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got his strengths but 
I, I just think he's he's been he's been very unlucky, and it's not a case of David Turnbull right off rotten. The kid's got to go. It's just a case of I'm just trying to augment the team to do one thing. David Turnbull doesn't fit in it anymore. Yeah, it's just job done. It's yeah. job done for David Turnbull. He has come in, contributed a lot over the last. He's he's probably been here longer than you, than you think as well, Turnbull, because he started playing in the the COVID season, didn't he? Came yep. came in. Sort yeah, well, of one player and young player of the year. <laughs> that's, that's, year. Right. that's right. So he came in and and looked like a breath of fresh air in that, and he's played fairly consistently ever since. He was played that, a that lot. Transfer was that famous tweet, wasn't it? What was that tweet again that said? Oh, that was the season put, before. Eh? Oh, was it? Remember? We move on. Yeah, yeah I, if, if we we put in our substance Substantial bid. If not, we move on. Imagine <laughs> tweeting that out. Wow, wouldn't it? Never happened under Celtic. The Celtic just lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> <at the> end, <laughs> never happened under the current social media regime. That, for that was a cursed tweet, actually, because everything hit the skids after that tweet came uh, out. And it, we move on has become a bit yeah. of a meme ever since. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, this is just football. David Turnbull is not a bad player at all. It's just that, uh, much like every other name I've mentioned tonight, when it comes to just moving on from a certain player, it's just sort of job done. Celtic need to do. Necessarily better, need to do different. No, yeah, none of them you'd say they're rotten, they have to no, go. There's no, no, no one complete of those deadwood, is there? Th there are some players, I think, in the squad who aren't good enough going forward, and I don't see them improving to a point where they are going to be good enough to Ralston properly challenge. Fits exactly into that slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, th I think it, it feels a bit harsh to Ralston because, again, last season Ralston was excellent. Yes. Ralston did a brilliant job last season. There's no taking that away, but this season hasn't been the same. He hasn't really done it. Again, he's up against Juranovic and then latterly Alistair Johnson yeah, who's become a yeah, really good player. Shift. Really good player and a fan's favourite already. It's a tough spot for Ralston to come in and, and really impress in that. But he hasn't looked particularly great when he's come in. And I think he is now at his ceiling where I think, right, well, he's a, he's a, he could be a really good player for for probably someone else. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be that bothered if Ralston is kept on because I think he's, yep. he's a perfectly adequate member of the squad I don't, I don't think he's an emergency by any means but when I'm looking across the squad and when I'm thinking about next season he's probably one of those ones where I think job done all the best thanks I, very I much I think although Ralston's have been great right and I, I might be slightly contradict myself here but I want to be fair to the guy he's he's got a deal to 2025 I don't think there's any rush to get rid of Anthony Ralston no, no. I think with Johnston fit Playing the majority of games were fine. Ralston drops in. He's good backup. He knows the standard and what Ange wants. The problem comes back to if he has to play for a long period of time, we're probably snooker. And I think what we might see a situation where we're keeping Ralston on, obviously, I would be no rush to get rid of him. If we get an injury before January to Alistair Johnson that's going to keep him out long term, I think at that point we probably look to bring in a right back in January. I don't think he's the long term solution, but I would be in no rush. No. to get Andy Ralston it's not, a, it's not one of my top three positions that I think we maybe, we maybe need to look at and oh. it falls in exactly that the subject I brought up earlier about the limitations because mm. what do you do do you I don't know if he's really good backup he can play he can contribute here and there but what if this happens again what if Alistair Johnson does get injured long term and he has to play eight games in a row and he looks terrible against Rangers he looks terrible against St Mirren that's, that, that's him doing his job as backup but what do we do? What's the alternative? Do you you can't have Juranovic and Johnston, do, can you? Do you go and throw five million at a backup right back to come and sit on the bench for Celtic? It's mm. very unlikely. So you do have to draw some sort of balance in there somewhere. Yeah, I think it's with fullback. The fullbacks are a bit different. Like with wingers, you can have three really good wingers because they can sort of play yeah. in different mm. sides, or you can have four or five really good midfielders. But with fullbacks, it's difficult because if you have two really good right backs, then are you going to change it that much? It's the same on the other side with. Greg Taylor, we've seen Anthony Ralston can be a good player, can fit into this system. On the other side, we've seen that Burnaby can't really. Mm. And even at the last season, like I said, we were 
aiming to do better than Greg Taylor possibly so to go back from that there's positions at Celtic but Jamie you said it's not in your top three positions what are your top three positions? I think um, goalkeeper's probably in there I think we probably need a centre half yeah, and yeah. I think we need a winger I think I'd be if we get a be ha- happy-ish if we got a good amount of money for a badder yep. no, again nothing against her but if somebody wants to take a badder on for good money Bring a bad in, uh, let a bad go rather. I think we need another midfielder there, uh, another winger rather there that can do something for us. I think we need a centre half. I don't think there's any question about that. I think that's been exposed. That's recently, been exposed. Yeah. Aye, that, that that's asked and answered really. Yeah. And I think with Bain signing the new deal, rumours that Seagrass still didn't go turned it to be a bit of a bizarre signing. That one, I wonder if we only took him so Rangers couldn't get him. Yeah. And, and Joe Hart sort of whatever happens with Joe Hart, he's reached the end of his contract yeah. in, in a year's time anyway. And I think he's already said that once his contract's up, he's going to go. So I, th- I think as a goalkeeper, what about you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think midfield as well. I yeah. think if we can squeeze another one in there, I think. Sorry to talk over you, but I think no, sorry, right. it's only happened four times. Well, sorry, right. <laughs> you know, I've got things that I want to say, and I don't usually get the chance. But I think <laughs> uh, I think David Turnbull is is one we probably know he's going to go. Thanks, Aaron Moy. I'm starting to wonder if I'm starting to wonder if Aaron Moy was came in, took a while, got up to speed. Peaked, and yeah. then he's probably never going to reach those heights again. And again, he's been terrific for us and Moy since. What's his situation? Is it was it one year with an option, or was it two years with an option? No, it was a slightly it's not, ambiguous. It's not time. clear, is it? Because yeah. it was one year with an option. Then when he signed, it was a two year. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was a yeah. break in the contract. But I'm the same as you, Jamie. I think eh, what three positions do we need? We need four. Mm. I'd squeeze a midfielder in there as well because I think if Tumble went. And Moy, I think we need somebody in. But we lost Tom Rogic last year, who who was brilliant. But if you take Rogic and Turnbull and Moy out of the team, it's a lot of goals, isn't it? And a lot of creative. Sure is as well. (laughs) Uh, So I think we need that wee bit of creative spark and somebody that can chip in with some goals. So I I would agree with those three positions. Top three, where we're on the subject. On you go, mate. Top three, gun to my head, I would go goalkeeper, centre half, midfielder, winger, (laughs) second choice, left back, yeah, third striker. I mean, we've got Mikey Johnson coming back. I know people have mixed feelings about Mikey Johnson, but he signed that contract for the left, which is this. He's got some sort of future at the club. He's been playing for Victoria Guimaraes. Is that is that yes. is that where he was out for? He's been playing for them. For me, I from what I remember of Mikey Johnson, he's a better winger than Abada. He's not a better overall player. He's not going to get as many goals, but he's better on that side than Abada. Well, he played on the left hand side predominantly, and if we're looking, the semantics, Mel, he's a better winger. Aye, but he's going to play in the left hand side more. He said they can switch about. I know. Yeah, just yeah, it. It. he does that quite a lot in the podcast. You know that. If you'll let me finish. The classic Meliism the other week was uh, Andrew's not back a contract right in the middle, of, <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh well, actually, he's not knocked it back." Anyway, Meli, Carolyn, is Jota better on the right or the left? A left. Yes, yeah. and he's right footed, so he can play both. But he's mm. better on one side, isn't he? Yes. So is Mikey Johnson. He's better on the left hand side, cutting and, and shooting. But I think Mikey Johnson. He's predominantly better on the left-hand side. We have Jota, who's better there. We have Maeda, who's good there. And we have Haxabanovic, who's good there. It's a right winger we, we need more often. Yeah. Uh, James Forrest, he could potentially go in this summer. Mm-hmm. Abada isn't doing it when he's coming on. So I think that's the position I'd go for. Grow up. Mikey Johnson versus Abada thing. Look, I, I don't want to do that thing where we've had a player out on loan. He's played about eight games or something like that, so he's going to be the savior coming back. Because he's not. People saw him do a bit of a trick for Ireland. Hold on, hold on. I never said he was going to be the savior. What I'm <laughs> no, saying I'm is, and no. what I'm saying is, from what I've seen from Abada's appearances on the wing, I think Mikey Johnson is better. And bear in mind, Abada's played eight or nine games in the but wing or something like that. They are, despite the fact that they're both wingers, they're very, very different players. Yes. Mikey Johnson's a very skillful player as as 
plenty evidenced over the years. I know but... I'm setting myself up for a fall here because the bad has scored a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, nice. that's, that's what I mean. Point. That's what... <laughs> What'd you say? That's a ridiculous point. <laughs> that's what I mean about them being totally different. I don't think they're really all that comparable. One's really skillful, one scores a lot of goals, despite the fact that he's not really overall all that sort of naturally gifted so no I, I don't really see a future for either of them itself, well, well there's a bit of a conundrum then isn't it why give Mikey Johnson the, this contract just sort of a goodwill gesture send him out on loan hope he improves and he comes back we have to move him on anyway spent far too much time talking yes. about a player that's not getting any future at Celtic <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of 20 Minute Tins we hope we didn't upset too many people talking about games that didn't matter but you know that's the job uh, <laughs> if you like this and you want to hear some more about games that don't matter patreon.com slash 20 minute tims if you're watching it subscribe on YouTube thank you and we'll see you next week